brought to you by the Cannabis Bee Network. Here is the Cannabis Bee News with your host, Scott Jacobs. Hello, listeners. How's it going today? This is episode CBN 072-312-2014. Let's roll into article number one. Colorado gets $2 million from marijuana taxes. Take it away. Colorado gets $2 million from marijuana taxes. By Katie Lobosco. Source, CNN Money. Colorado took in about $2 million from the sale of recreational marijuana during the first month it was legal. Colorado raked in about $2 million from taxes on recreational marijuana in January, the first month it was legal to sell non-medicinal pot in the state. State officials say the numbers came in as expected. On January 1st, Colorado became the first state to permit the sale of recreational marijuana to anyone aged 21 or older. Cannabis purchases are limited to one ounce. It's the first place in the world where marijuana will be regulated from seed to sale. Colorado places a 15% excise tax a 10% special sales tax and a 2.9% sales tax on recreational marijuana, in addition to application and license fees. It imposes just a 2.9% sales tax, as well as application on license fees, on medical marijuana, which was legalized by voters in Colorado in 2000. When combined with taxes and fees from medicinal marijuana, the state brought in a total of $3.5 million in January from pot sales. The state also taxes alcohol, which brought in about $5.1 million in taxes in December, the most recent data available from the Colorado Department of Revenue. A big chunk of the funds collected from marijuana taxes will be funneled to programs aimed at keeping kids away from pot. The governor has requested funds for the prevention of youth marijuana, for treatment of substance use, regulatory oversight, and law enforcement and public safety. Article number 2 D.C. Board of Elections allows marijuana legalization efforts to move forward. Take it away. D.C. Board of Elections allows marijuana legalization effort to move forward. By Aaron C. Davis. Source, Washington Post. Voters in the nation's capital could decide if they want to follow Colorado and Washington State in legalizing marijuana under a measure cleared by the D.C. Board of Elections on Tuesday. The decision sets aside warnings by the city's attorney general who said that if the proposal passed, it would put D.C. law at odds with federal law. The board's decision allows a band of activists to begin gathering the 25,000 signatures needed to qualify the measure for the November ballot. If the signatures are collected and the ballot measure passed, it could allow people 21 and older to possess as much as two ounces of marijuana for personal use and to grow up to three marijuana plants at home. The vote could also thrust the issue before Congress, which can block a city law by approving a joint resolution that is signed by the president. The Congress has done so only three times in 35 years. Adam Eidinger, a leading activist for the initiative, has said he is confident his group can collect the signatures needed. He said Tuesday he was excited by the board's decision. Eidinger had hoped to station signature gatherers outside polling places when the city's primary election is held April 1st. But the elections board has 20 days to settle on the language for the measure, so it is uncertain whether the petition effort can start that soon. If the measure does qualify for the fall ballot, it has a strong chance to pass, according to a recent Washington Post poll. Support for legalization has expanded dramatically in the district. 
residents who were split evenly on the issue four years ago are now in favor of allowing the drug for personal use by a ratio of almost two to one. Washingtonians of every age, race and ethnicity teenagers and seniors, blacks and whites register double-digit increases in support. Overall, 63% are in favor. The elections board decision is the second major step in two weeks toward loosening the city's marijuana laws. Citing the goals of social justice and reducing racial disparity in marijuana arrests, the D.C. Council voted last week to decriminalize pot by imposing civil fines rather than jail time for most offenses. Under that measure, possessing marijuana and smoking it in one's home would no longer be criminal offenses, but would be punishable by a civil fine of $25. Smoking in public would be a misdemeanor equal to toting an open container of alcohol. D.C. Attorney General Irvin B. Nathan last month urged the Elections Board not to go any further and to reject the proposed ballot initiative. He warned that legalization would put at least one aspect of D.C. law into conflict with U.S. drug laws. But the Elections Board said in a statement Tuesday, a ballot initiative is considered a proper subject if it does not appropriate funds, violate the Home Rule Charter, negate a Budget Act, or violate the Human Rights Act. In approving or rejecting a ballot initiative, the board may only consider whether the measure meets these requirements. Nathan warned that under federal law, the city would still have to evict residents of public housing who are convicted of marijuana possession, even if D.C. law no longer considered possession a crime. That's a tension, however, that the city is already grappling with under the decriminalization measure, which Mayor Vincent C. Grady said he intends to sign. Eidinger appeared to have won over elections board members by arguing at a hearing last month that as written, the ballot measure would allow landlords the right to set terms of lease agreements, including prohibitions against possessing marijuana. Many questions remain about how the measure would work in practice. The ballot measure would legalize possession of marijuana, for example, but not its sale, which would remain a crime. Eidinger said the measure was crafted to minimize differences between D.C. and federal law to encourage the board to approve it for the ballot. He said that if it passes, he would encourage the D.C. Council to rewrite it and make it more practical to implement, including legalizing the sale and taxation of the drug. Even some advocates, however, question whether the timing is right to push for full legalization in the district. They say legalizing the drug on the streets surrounding Congress and the very agencies charged with enforcing federal anti-drug laws would be too blatant a conflict and raise the likelihood that Congress would interfere. As it is, once signed by the mayor. The D.C. Council bill to decriminalize marijuana must sit before a congressional panel for 60 days before becoming law. So far, there is little evidence that Congress would organize to block the measure. It also remains unclear how overlapping local and federal jurisdictions would affect enforcement of decriminalization, particularly in national parks. Someone could still be arrested, for instance, for possession on the mall. Article number 3. Missouri House Committee Considers Marijuana Legalization Take it away. Missouri House Committee Considers Marijuana Legalization By Jordan Shapiro Source, Kansas City Star A Missouri House Committee Monday considered legislation for the first time this year that would legalize marijuana use for most adults, but the Democratic proposal faces an uncertain fate in the state's Republican-dominated legislature. Under the measure, Missouri would join Washington and Colorado as the only states to legalize recreational marijuana use. Missouri's version would guarantee the right of people older than 21 to produce, sell, distribute and use pot. The bill's sponsor said he was against legalizing marijuana use until he changed his mind after serving on the bench. I saw too many young people whose lives were ruined by using small amounts of marijuana, said Republican Chris Kelly, D. Columbia, and a former Boone County judge. 
some Republican committee members were skeptical about the bill during Monday's hearing. Republican Kenneth Wilson, a retired police officer, said he was concerned about the effect of secondhand smoke if marijuana was used in homes around children. We often forget about the ills that this is going to cost society, said Wilson, R. Smithville. Although marijuana possession remains a federal crime, the federal government has announced that it will not challenge the laws in Washington and Colorado. Missouri's legislation would allow the state to adopt various regulations on marijuana distribution and usage, as well as levy an excise tax up to 25% of the drug's original cost. The state could choose to restrict usage within 1,000 feet of a public school or university. It could also limit advertisements for the drug any amount people are allowed to buy at a given time. A preliminary estimate shows that the excise tax will generate more than $200 million in revenue per year once fully implemented in 2016. The money would be divided between pensions for law enforcement officers, education, mental health, substance abuse programs and local governments. Kelly added that he did not condone marijuana use or advocate for it. But he said inefficient management of the drug means legalization could save money and stop ineffective government regulation. But those arguments weren't enough to sway reluctant Republicans on the House Crime Prevention and Public Safety Committee. What I fear is that if we do decriminalize this we are going to make it attractive, said Republican Galen Higdon, RST. Joseph, a former sheriff's deputy. I do not want to bring anything else that is going to create a negative impact on our young children. While skeptical of overall legalization, committee members were more open to discussion approval of medical marijuana use, which would also be allowed under the bill. Some parts of Missouri aren't waiting for lawmakers to change the state's drug policy. Columbia and St. Louis have both adopted so-called decriminalization ordinances, reducing a first-time offense for possessing less than 35 grams of marijuana to a low-level misdemeanor similar to a traffic ticket. Instead of being arrested, offenders in those cities get a summons to appear in court and face a fine rather than jail. Supporters said they would also pursue the initiative petition process during the 2016 election cycle. The committee on Monday offered no timetable for further action. The bill is HB 1659. Legislature. Article number 4. California Democrats write marijuana legalization into party platform. Take it away. California Democrats write marijuana legalization into party platform. Source, RT. California Democrats voted overwhelmingly to add marijuana legalization to the state party's official platform on Sunday marking a shift from current Governor Jerry Brown's own position on the drug. According to the Sacramento Bee, the issue was approved by a near-unanimous voice vote at the party's annual convention in California. As a result, the party platform for state Democrats will officially support the legalization, regulation and taxation of pot in a manner similar to that of tobacco or alcohol. Despite the move, however, the issue is not expected to be put up for a vote during the 2014 midterms. Instead, Advocates have decided to wait until 2016, when a larger percentage of the population is engaged with the national election and when more money could be spent to push messages. Speaking out in support of legalization, California's Lieutenant Governor Gavin Newsom said the state has fallen behind public opinion since it first voted to approve medical marijuana, and the time has come to take the next step forward. It's time for all of us to step up and step in and lead once again in California, just as we did in 1996. We did just that with medical marijuana he told convention attendees on Saturday, according to the Huffington Post. But for almost 20 years now, we've sat back admiring our accomplishment while the world, the nation, and states like Colorado and Washington have passed us by. It's time to legalize, it's time to tax, it's time to regulate marijuana for adults in California. 
Colorado and Washington both voted to legalize recreational marijuana use in 2012, becoming the first two states in the U.S. to do so. Newsom's comments, meanwhile, certainly fall in line with shifts in public opinion. According to a public polling Institute of California survey released in late 2013, 55% of residents support legalizing marijuana. Of that number, 47% support legalization with restrictions similar to those levied on alcohol, while 8% favor allowing anyone to purchase the drug. Widespread support aside, Governor Jerry Brown does not seem to agree with the state Democratic Party at large. Speaking on NBC's Meet the Press in early March, Brown said he was concerned with the consequences of allowing anyone to purchase and smoke pot. The problem with anything, a certain amount is okay, he said, according to the Huffington Post. But there is a tendency to go to extremes. And all of a sudden, if there's advertising and legitimacy, how many people can get stoned and still have a great state or a great nation? The world's pretty dangerous, very competitive. I think we need to stay alert, if not 24 hours a day more than some of the potheads might be able to put together. Outside of California, other states are also considering legalizing recreational pot use. As RT reported previously, Alaska is set to vote on the issue this August, while Oregon and Washington, D.C., are also considering similar measures. Last April, a nationwide Pew poll found marijuana supporters gaining steam, with a majority of Americans supporting legalization for the first time in the survey's history. Article number 5, Medical Marijuana Refugees. This was our only hope. Take it away. Medical Marijuana Refugees. This was our only hope. By Sandra Young. Source, CNN. They've come from as far away as Australia and Canada, or as close as Oklahoma. They are of different backgrounds and ages, but they've all moved to Colorado for the same thing, medical marijuana to treat their sick children. Jordan had her first seizure at six months old. I had never seen a seizure before, says her mother, Paula Lyles. We took her to the hospital. The doctor said that would probably be the only one she'd have and sent us home. But when Jordan was 18 months old, the seizures began in earnest. But she didn't receive a diagnosis until she was nearly 11. It was Dravet syndrome, a severe form of epilepsy characterized by uncontrolled, continuous seizures. Jordan was put on a combination of three anti-seizure medications but the drugs take her personality away. The side effects of the cure are horrible, Lyle says. Jordan started having drop seizures which caused her muscles to go limp. The medications took her speech away for two weeks, along with her ability to eat. I would rather have her lost to a seizure than watch her stolen away by the side effects of the medicine, Lyle says. She'd heard about the healing properties of cannabis, but Lyle's lived in Ohio, where medical marijuana is not legal. Even in the 20 states and the District of Columbia where medical marijuana is legal, the federal government classifies cannabis as a Schedule I drug, meaning it has no accepted medical value and a high potential for abuse. Others in that category, heroin, LSD and ecstasy. So six months ago, after talking to doctors and reading studies on medical marijuana, Lyles packed up her daughter and moved to Colorado, leaving her engineer husband and 25-year-old daughter Lindsay behind. Doing so allowed Jordan to be treated with a strain of medical marijuana that's high in cannabidiol, or CBD, a chemical in cannabis thought to have medicinal properties, and low in tetrahydrocannabinol, or THC, the psychoactive chemical in pot that gets users high. Over the last eight months, more than 100 families have moved to Colorado looking for medicine to save their children's lives, according to the Realm of Caring. The organization is run by the Stanley family medical marijuana growers and dispensary owners who pioneered a strain of cannabis high in CBD and low in THC. 
the strain is called Charlotte's Web. It's named after seven-year-old Charlotte Fiji of Colorado Springs. Charlotte also has Dravet syndrome. After being on seven medications with no success, she began taking marijuana in an oil form. Her seizures were drastically reduced, from 300 a week to two or three a month. I'm 52 years old, Lyle says. My whole life is in Ohio, my family, my friends, my church, my doctors. I had a twinge in my heart because I knew it was the right thing to do, but my other voice is saying, hey, this is crazy, you're going to leave this all behind, break up your family and go. In the end, it's exactly what she did. She says it's been hard on her husband and daughter. But Jordan is much happier, and the results, she says, are undeniable. We've been able to reduce her pharmaceuticals by 50% as a result of using Charlotte's Web, Lyle says. It's ridiculous. I didn't want to do it, but now that I'm out here on the other side I know I'm where I'm supposed to be. I wanted to do anything to save Jordan's life. Nobody should be forced with that choice, she says. Now I have hope. There was no hope if I had stayed home. I would just be watching her die. About 3 million people in the United States have epilepsy, according to the American Epilepsy Society. Of those, a third have treatment-resistant seizures. The society supports clinical studies on the effectiveness of cannabis for the treatment of epilepsy. We desperately need new treatments, and we need more research to get those treatments, says Dr. Amy Brooks-Kyle, vice president of the group. There are anecdotal reports in some people with epilepsy where marijuana derivatives seem to be effective. There are other cases where it seems not to have worked as well, and what we need to understand is who might benefit from marijuana and marijuana derivatives such as cannabidiol, how much we would give them, how often to give it and what the potential side effects might be. One parent who knows about side effects is Nicole, 35, who prefers not to use her last name. She and her husband moved to Colorado from Minnesota nearly four years ago when his job transferred him. Their son was diagnosed with Dravet syndrome just before turning three. He'd had seizures since he was 11 months old. He would have between 50 and 90 grand mal seizures in a 48-hour period. He's tried several diets, supplements, pretty much you name it, we've tried it, Nicole says. He's even tried the medication that's used in dogs to treat epilepsy, triple bromide. It didn't work. But neither did marijuana. Three times over the course of a year they tried CBD and THCA a strain of non-psychoactive medical marijuana. It never helped his big seizures. In fact, they kept getting worse, Nicole says. They were getting worse before we started cannabis, but cannabis did not help them. Since they stopped the cannabis more than a year ago, Nicole says her son is doing much better. However, she still supports cannabis as a treatment option. I've seen firsthand what this has done for other kids, and just because this doesn't work for my son doesn't mean that I'm against it, she says. Knowing what I know now, I would still try it. But Butch and Mandy Swan of Haleyville, Alabama, know it works for their daughter Allie. Now 14, Allie was six months old when she had her first seizure. She was diagnosed early with intractable seizures. She's had two surgeries, including one to remove her right frontal lobe at age six after neurologists found a spot there they determined the seizures began. She was having 200, 300 seizures a day at the age of six, Butch Swan says. After the surgeries, she probably went down to 50 to 100. Allie had been on every medication available, he says. She was on like 20. Sometimes it would help the seizures, but it would have such bad side effects. She was sick all the time. Then in August, Swan's sister told him about a CNN report on medical marijuana and epilepsy. I watched it, 
and it was like a light bulb flipped on in my head and just something inside me said, you've got to go try this. A month later, Swan moved his family to Colorado Springs. It was very trying for the family, he says. We wanted to get Ali help, but we didn't want to have to leave our families to do that. But we just had to. We could not try the medication. I told my wife, let's go try it. If it works, great. If it doesn't, we'll come home. And we packed up everything we had and moved, everything we could fit in the truck. We knew that there was a wait list for the medication and the more people that saw that documentary they were going to get ahead of us if we didn't get out here. We didn't have any time to waste. We had to come. Dr. Edward Ma, chief of Denver Health's comprehensive epilepsy program, discovered one-third of his patients were using medical marijuana without his knowledge. I was shocked at how many people were actually using it, the neurologist says. Although concerned about its long-term safety, he immediately became more interested in cannabis as a potential treatment. He says he's shocked at the number of families that moved to Colorado just to get this medicine for their children. They could take it back home, and it's actually split up families, Ma says. This conflict is really driving families apart. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. If it's proven to be effective, Ma says he believes marijuana should be available. At least an exception for a compound like this, or similar compounds with high CBD content, and not so much of the THC. The psychoactivity, I think is really reduced in this oil, in this product. I don't see what the problem is. The fact that its schedule I is arbitrary at this point. And I think it should be relaxed, at least in a medical, sort of compassionate use basis. Tara and Ron Rodriguez say they split up their family to save the lives of two of their five children. In November, Tara and her mother left Arizona for Colorado with Ronnie, 17, Senna, 6, and Cedric, 21. Ronnie and Senna were both diagnosed as toddlers with intractable epilepsy. Cedric left school, where he was studying nursing, to help his mother care for his two siblings. Ron, a registered nurse, was working and in school. Savannah, 15 stayed behind, as did the couple's oldest son, Stephen, who has three children of his own. Since two, Ronnie, who also has autism, has been on eight different types of anti-seizure medications. From being comatose from so many medications and so many seizures, he functions now as a first grader, roughly a five or six-year-old, his mother says of the teen. He needs total care. Senna suffered her first seizure at eight months old. At 18 months, the seizures came with a vengeance and never left. They are multiple types of seizures, no less than a 200 a month. Both children are doing better now, with their medicine cut in half, the seizures drastically reduced, but at a cost. It's the hardest thing that I've ever had to do in my life, Tara Rodriguez says. The separation and the distance. I just get through the day the best that I can, knowing what I'm doing to give my children the best quality of life. Last month, she moved to California with Ronnie and Senna. They still have access to medical marijuana and it's closer to Arizona, Ron makes the five-hour trip on weekends to spend time with his wife and children. Cedric has gone back to nursing school. I have been waiting for 15 years for an answer, Tara Rodriguez says. This has been an incredible journey, and I have no regrets. She says if Charlotte's Web becomes available in Arizona, she would go back home. That will be the answer to our prayers, for us to be reunited again. Christy and Francis Bunducamara were living in Miami when their two youngest children were diagnosed with a rare and fatal degenerative disease called DRPLA, or density torebral pallidoluysian atrophy. Reggie, now 14, 
began having seizures when he was 7 and is severely affected, experiencing 25 to 100 grand mal seizures a month. On a bad day, he'd have hundreds of smaller seizures. Genetic testing reveals the disease so the whole family was tested. That led to Maya's diagnosis at age she's now 13. Francis, a teacher in Miami-Dade Public Schools, and Christy, a nurse practitioner and professor at Miami-Dade College, decided to move their family to Colorado. You basically have two choices, you try to do it illegally, or you approach your family, so that's what we did, Christy Bundu Kamara says. This was our only hope. We almost lost Reggie a couple of times in the last two years. Reggie and Maya are on Charlotte's Web, and their medications have been drastically reduced. Last month, Reggie was down to 13 grand mal seizures, and he's eating and communicating again. Christy Bundu Kamara is no longer sure she'd go home even if Florida passed medical marijuana laws. It was so hard to uproot and leave, and we're just getting settled, she says. But it still feels like home. Florida still feels like home. Article number 6. California lawmakers want to regulate medical marijuana industry. Take it away. California lawmaker wants to regulate medical marijuana industry. By Lisa Leff. Source, Huffington Post. Law and order may soon be coming to the wild west of weed. A California lawmaker has introduced legislation to regulate the state's freewheeling medical marijuana industry, the farmers that grow the drug, the hundreds of storefront shops that sell it, and especially the doctors who write recommendations allowing people to use it. The state in 1996 was the first to authorize marijuana use for health purposes. There are now 20. But to this day no one knows how many dispensaries and patients California has or what conditions pot is being used to treat because the loosely worded law did not give government agencies a role in tracking the information. The bill introduced by State Senator Lou Correa marks a milestone not only because it would provide significant state oversight of the multi-billion dollar industry for the first time, but because it is likely to get serious consideration in Sacramento after years of inaction. SB 1262 is the brainchild of the California Police Chiefs Association and the League of California Cities, two politically influential groups that have stood in the way of previous efforts to legitimize pod growers and dispensaries by subjecting them to state control and taxation. This legislation seems counterintuitive, but we polled our membership and over 90% of the chiefs felt that, regardless of how you felt about the marijuana issue itself, there needed to be a responsible public safety approach to this, said Covina Police Chief Kim Rainey president of a chief's association. Medical marijuana advocates, who have lobbied unsuccessfully for a statewide regulatory scheme they hope would make the industry less susceptible to federal raids and arrests, is taking a wait-and-see approach on Korea's legislation. They prefer a bill held over from last year, co-sponsored by Assemblyman Tom Amiano and Sens. Daryl Steinberg and Mark Lino, the calls for regulating and taxing medical marijuana like alcohol and places fewer restrictions on doctors than Korea's measure does but are prepared to hammer out a compromise, said Lynn Lyman, California Director for the Drug Policy Alliance. We are very encouraged by law enforcement coming to the table with their proposals and we think we can all work together and come up with some model legislation in the state. Finally, 18 years later, Lyman said, The police chiefs and cities are getting on the regulatory bandwagon now because they worry that if they don't champion a plan of their own, Marijuana advocates will succeed in getting the legislature to pass one that aggravates the ongoing concerns of law enforcement and local governments instead of addressing them. Last year alone, the groups beat back three bills that would have required pot shops to be licensed by the state but that the league feared would make it harder for cities and counties to ban or regulate them. Meanwhile, public support for legalizing the recreational use of marijuana, as voters in Colorado and Washington have done, 
is growing and the White House has softened its stance on the issue. We were very concerned about the legislation last year, League of California Cities lobbyist Tim Cromarty said. We thought it wasn't wise to purely play defense. We thought we needed to play offense. The bill co-sponsored by the League and the Police Chiefs Association would require the California Department of Public Health to license dispensaries and cultivation sites but only if they first had secured operating permits from local jurisdictions. The department also would develop quality assurance procedures for testing marijuana for bacteria, mold and known organic pesticides, which growers would be prohibited from using. The legislation also imposes substantial new requirements on doctors. If passed, it would allow medical marijuana recommendations to be given only by either a patient's primary care doctor or a licensed specialist to whom the doctor has referred the patient. The doctor must have completed a certification course that covers substance abuse training. The issuing doctor also would have to instruct the patient on dosage, whether the marijuana should be smoked, eaten or applied externally, and even what strain to use. Certified doctors also would have to keep detailed records and to report how many recommendations they give and why to the California Medical Board, which would audit those who issue more than 100 inches a year. The mandates represent a significant departure from the status quo. Doctors currently can recommend marijuana to treat any ailment they choose and do not have to report to the state any information about their patients or the number of recommendations they issue and for what. California Medical Association spokeswoman Molly Whedon said the organization has not had a chance to review Coria's bill but would probably take a position on it in coming months. Don Duncan, co-founder and California director of Americans for Safe Access, a medical marijuana advocacy group, thinks the new requirements for doctors go overboard, but at this stage is trying to persuade Coria to amend the bill instead of working to defeat it. Nothing is perfect. If we get a good enough bill, that's better than no bill, Duncan said. All right, listeners, that's all I have for this episode. Till next episode, have a good day, good night, good week. Bye-bye. We pollinated your minds. Now, go pollinate the world.